With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Man, I hope you've been enjoying some of these uh, that we uh, were able to capture live when we were in Las Vegas at NBA Con. Um, remember to go through your All Ball list and be like, man, I missed this one. I missed that one. These are really good. It's really good stuff. Uh, we'll get to uh, this uh, this podcast guest in a moment. But let, let me start with the LeBron James man that was weird, where he gets an award at the ESPYs for the best record-breaking performance. It just, it just sounds like a fake award. And that's not his fault. I mean, that's that's the ESPYs kind of in a nutshell, right? Then he goes into this kind of soliloquy about how he doesn't want to cheat the game, and that's why he's not retiring. And I didn't... Did anybody think he was retiring? And it's just... It's an odd thing. And I think one of the things that I try to be cautious of, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been perfect in my life, but I try to be cautious of, and I think star athletes, for the most part, try to be cautious of as well, which is like, how can you grow in status and stature and still just be a regular dude, right? Like that's the best part of Tim Duncan. People make fun of him dressing like a dork, but like he's the same guy before he won championships, after he won championships, like like he's super laid back. Like that's just who he is. And I, I truly think it's fascinating to watch LeBron or listen to LeBron. And he'll say these things about, you know, wanting to be viewed as like, like a, a great dad and a great mentor and a great leader. And I think all those things are true. Like, I don't think he's a bad person. He's not doing evil things or wrong to anybody else, but the ego to in a room full of the greatest athletes in our country say, Hey guys, guess what? Like I'm not retiring when no one thought you're retiring was just such a seemingly what cry for attention. So what it felt like to anybody else felt like that to me. So when I listen to it, I just, I don't know if I should, I, I feel kind of just strange with LeBron because when you're saying things that don't fit the normal context of a conversation because you're a superstar, it's he's lost that ability to be a regular human being. Like I, you had people who gotten went on TV and said negative things about him when he would say Taco Tuesday. But that's kind of a dad thing. I kind of think that's a normal thing. I don't see the negative in that that so many others want to see. So when he says Taco Tuesday, I'm like, okay, maybe LeBron is a normal guy. And in his dealings with his kids, 
especially with watching them. He's great at watching them at high school games. You know, yes, he sits up front and yes, he's causing the start, but he's LeBron James. Like, what do you want him to do? I guess he'd go hide out in the stands. Jordan used to hide out kind of in the stands, but you're not really hiding. Not just because you're LeBron, you're also six foot seven, six foot eight, 260 pounds. So I don't think that he's a bad human being, but when you look back at the timing of the man, maybe I should retire. And oh yeah, it's not, it wasn't really that out of place. People made it out like, I can't believe you said it. He did it to take away the shine from the Denver Nuggets. I didn't think that's what it's about. But I do believe that because the entire NBA world has revolved around LeBron in the media for as long as we can remember, it's not crazy for us to know that LeBron thinks the world still revolves all around LeBron. You, you wouldn't say these things otherwise. You wouldn't act this way otherwise. So then in front of, you know, what was it? 350 of the best athletes in the world. And remember, all of these athletes have grown up or been grown-ups during LeBron's 20 years of dominance in the NBA. And that's what's unique is you take a snapshot of that room and there's not one human being that can't recall a LeBron game moment, win, loss. Whereas if Michael Jordan is on the exact same stage, let's be honest, there's a good portion of, especially the younger athletes, they never saw him play live. So everyone res already respects LeBron. And he was already getting great gratitude. And oh, yeah, by the way, if you really want to get down to it, I mean, for me, Aaron Judge's accomplishment was greater in a record-breaking season than LeBron's accomplishment in a record-breaking season. That's just reality because he broke Roger Maris's record. And, and please don't start with me with the Barry Bonds. That's just silly. Like, If you cheated on the SAT, would the SAT score stand when you apply to college? Of course not. So why would it stand that you cheated to hit more home runs than any human being to ever play baseball. You wouldn't. So for me, I would personally say that Aaron Judge's accomplishment is greater. But instead of talking about the accomplishment, talking about doing it as a Laker, doing it as a Laker with Kareem, who was also a Laker, standing by, or even, hey, you know, the greatest gift I think I bring to the NBA is not scoring. It's actually, I like to pass and I like to win. When people think of my career, I don't want you to think of me as the all-time scoring leader. I want you to think of me as somebody who took great joy in the success of others. All of these things are great things to be said. But instead, it was just, I love the game. I don't want to cheat the game. So guess what, y'all? You, you get to watch me play more. Let's just, it was weird. A little off-putting. And remember, like a lot of these guys say things that are a little off-putting, if we're being totally fair and candid. You know, Michael Jordan called the guy up who beat him out in high school at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Kind of felt like he humiliated him one more time. Why? Because he's Michael Jordan. That's very much on brand. And in regards to the Lakers, I do find it interesting that you have people who, and whether it's like a knee jerk, we want to defend and support LeBron. I think Rob Palenka did a very good job. But Rob Palenka can do a very good job and they're not a championship team. And you sit there and say, well, they got to the Western Conference Finals. Okay, well, I could point out that the Grizzlies, you know, didn't have their starting center or their their small ball five as well. Right? They were a different team and the Lakers beat them up inside. Do they beat them up inside if they have those two? No, probably not. Does that mean that the Grizzlies win the series? I think it does, but I don't know that for a fact. But you fast forward a year and 
let, let's see what happens with Ja and if he can stay out of trouble. But you would think that the Grizzlies will be better next year. You would think that the Pelicans, if Zion's healthy, are better next year. The Clippers were a better basketball team. They always beat the Lakers. They just aren't healthy in the playoffs. You would think they'd be better. You know, Phoenix lost to Denver. So too the Lakers. Phoenix didn't have Chris Paul. I think they're better. But regardless, what did they add? Well, you had Gabe Vincent, who might be a starter, might not. But he's not a game changer. But the bigger part that we have to remember is LeBron James not getting younger. So the likelihood that he and Anthony Davis are one, both healthy. I mean, how, what's the likelihood of that? Not a lot. And two, that he's as good or better next year, which, you know, he's been able to keep father time at bay for a long time. Can he do it for another year? He's been hurt every other year and was hurt this past year with the Lakers. So the idea that he's going to be healthy, they're going to be better, despite the fact they're a year older and you brought back D'Angelo Russell. They couldn't play D'Angelo Russell in the Western Conference Finals. Austin Reeves is the one guy who was kept, kept getting better and better and better. But the idea that Austin Reeves goes from, you know, an undrafted bench player, guy who played well when LeBron was out, to what Darvin Ham said he'd be an all-star, I, I think we may need to take a breath there just a little bit. He was a tremendous, tremendous pickup. And they had to re-sign him. And he's an improving player. He has versatility. He can shoot. He's got positional uh, versatility with his size. He's tough. Nothing not to like. But, I mean, he's not Devin Booker. You know? He's just not. I mean, kind of go through the All-Stars in the West. And, man, that's that's a tough putt. My point is, you can say, I like what Blinka did. I like what their roster looks like. Solid team. And ever since they trade away Russell Westbrook, they look like an organization that was much more put together. And Darvin Ham did an excellent job coaching them. Played to their potential, maybe slightly above it. But a championship team? Uh, you're depending upon LeBron to play at his peak level when he's past his peak. You're depending upon LeBron and Anthony Davis to be healthy. And there just isn't a guy who makes them demonstrably better. Yes, they got to the Western Conference Finals. They also got swept. So you're not that close. You may think you're that close and you sit there and go, yeah, yeah, you are. Go and look at other teams that have had kind of a random finals, Western Conference Finals appearance. Happened to Portland. Happened to the Atlanta Hawks. It's happened to other teams. They make a little bit of a run. You kid yourself and think you're really good when the truth is it's more about an injury along the way, a really good draw, or a, a, another team that underachieved. Speaking of LeBron, uh, joining me in Las Vegas, live here on the All Ball Podcast, is Israel Gutierrez, who's, whether it's written word, which is how he started, into spoken word, which is what he's known for. Israel Gutierrez, well, he's seen it all with the Miami Heat, including the Dwayne Wade Championship before LeBron even got here, back when they had Shaquille O'Neal. He joins me on the All Ball Podcast as we discuss all things NBA, including LeBron. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Let's welcome in Izzy Gutierrez, who, of course, you see here all over ESPN, ESPN personality, and a bunch of things I want to get to with you. Um, you've been in Miami forever, and I just I, I saw a clip, I think it was on social media, either yesterday or the day before, which is the anniversary of the LeBron announcement, right? Right, the decision. And it's, it, I don't know, it's fascinating to me that, look, obviously Shaq went to Miami, that kind of started this ball rolling, but... It is interesting on how it's become, it's kind of become a basketball sort of town, maybe, since LeBron's decision. Is that is that fair? Because when he, and I'm sorry to cut you off no. before I even let you answer, but I did Jim Rome is Burning yeah. the day of the announcement. And the big, like, line that the writers came up with was, like, Miami's basketball fan, very excited. We showed, like, some sports <laughs> bar, and they're, like, six dudes high-fiving, yeah, right? Yeah. And we're like, dude, you go somewhere they don't care. Yeah. Well, I will say, and first of all, I've been in Miami since I was two years old, so yes. a long time. Yes. Uh, and it wasn't a basketball town even when Alonzo and Tim Hardaway were there sure. getting to a conference finals and getting blown out by Michael Jordan. Um, it wasn't really a basketball town when Dwayne Wade and Shaq won a championship. Like, it legitimized it. It sort of set a foundation. And I would say what LeBron uh, those four years did was really sort of develop the fan base, okay? The young fans, the little bit of the older fans, really just develop it. And the way it was gonna become a basketball town was if that somehow continued after LeBron. And so now, with Jimmy Butler taking this team, surprisingly, to two finals in whatever that was, four years, um, now it's become that. So now you've got a full generation of fans who maybe at eight, nine, ten years old watch LeBron. They're graduating high school now. They're in the prime of their NBA fandom, and Miami is their team, and Miami is relevant at the highest level again. So way more, actually, than it was then. you got a lot of sophisticated basketball fans in Miami, and I would say it's a basketball town more than a football town now, and that's even with the Dolphins having you know a, lot of, a little bit of success lately. Well, I, I think that's, that's the one question though is what happens if the Dolphins get really good right because there's the old if you track like Cleveland sports 
right? Cleveland sports, people will tell you that, that the Indians drew really well when they didn't have the Browns. Mm-hmm. And then as long as the Browns are bad, they draw well. The second the Browns are good, like, town, yeah. and every town is different, but most cities only have the ability to prioritize, like, one 100%. professional sports team. And, 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 and the U has been down. It's and, going to be king if they're back up top. But right, they, but the U has been that. down as well. That, that takes a little bit something as well, Absolutely. right? The U has been down. The Dolphins have been down, although decent recently. Um, okay, Damian Lillard, is it a done deal? <laughs> I mean, I believe it to be a done deal. Um, I've heard things third hand this weekend that maybe are closing things down on that, on that deal. Not sure yet. Um, this, to me, is almost the most obvious of these situations, right? I mean, we've seen this so many times with the superstars after seven years, what have you, hey, um, I'm either gonna go somewhere or you're gonna trade me. And with Anthony Davis, you know, we waited and it happened eventually. This one is Damian Lillard has been more loyal than any of those guys were. You know, he gave them three or four extra years and he has been playing along the entire time. He has been following the script, if you will, to this experience. And even his agent coming out and basically apologizing for the Will Smith song on his IG Live, like, it's mind-blowing to me. Like, you shouldn't even have to address that, but they're doing it because they're respecting Portland in this process. And they're doing everything the way they're supposed to be doing it. And Portland is kind of stuck in this situation. And I know, like, people kind of laugh when they think, oh, is Portland really going to pay down the road for not doing right by Damian Lillard? Yeah, they are. There are in different ways. It's not going to be something as obvious and, and heavy-handed like everybody, you know, nobody's ever going to sign there again, but it's going to affect them as, as a franchise, and they're going to be way better off doing this the right way for Dame and just taking in a bunch of young talent and a bunch of draft picks and doing the Oklahoma City thing because they're never going to get the big free agent, and they have to draft themselves a homegrown superstar. Well, I, I don't think that's, that's at... I don't think anyone's arguing that, right? Mm-hmm. It's the... What does Miami actually have to trade? What does anybody else have to trade? Who who has the better offer? Somebody tell me where the better offer is because the only thing I've heard was somebody saying, oh, an offer built around Tyrese Maxey, a budding superstar, is better than anything Miami has to offer. Compare those resumes. Tyler Hero, Tyrese Maxey. Pretty dang similar. In fact, uh, Tyler's probably a little bit more accomplished. So everybody knocking Tyler in this is what's creating this as a bad deal. When you look at the draft picks, when you look at the young talent, they don't have to have a perfect mix, Doug. They're not trying to win it next year. They're trying to have guys that they can maybe, if if they are are sort of duplicating in in talent, trade one of those guys away and get back something really good. They're not trying to be competitors next year. So this idea that they need this whole, you know, haul back of star, no. They need a guy that they can justify. Tyler's that guy. And they need draft picks. And they've got draft picks in this deal. Um, LeBron. It's interesting. Uh, um, I grew up in Los Angeles. I moved away, moved back. And so I've been there, I think, eight of the last 11 years. Right? He plays for the Lakers. This was the first year that he kind of felt like a Laker. Hmm. But even then, it's super weird. Yeah. Um, I feel like... I feel like he's going to go down not only as, you know, obviously an all-time great, we can have the, the, the GOAT debate or whatever, but he's going to go down as a Miami member of the Miami Heat. It feels like that because they went if to If he doesn't five. win another one, you're saying? Yeah, they're not winning. Okay. So here's the way I see this. You remember how David Stern sort of created this whole idea of, hey, let's not push the team, let's promote the individual. Of course. Right? We've been riding that this entire time. But yet somehow we still think that the individual has to be tied to a singular team. He doesn't. 
LeBron James will go down as the, you know, whatever you say, top two greatest basketball players of all time. He doesn't have to have a team attached to him. He's LeBron freaking James. Like, no, he did it I, for I Miami, know, he did it for Cleveland, he did it for LA. And it's across it's the an country. incredibly unique path. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he just it, took that next step that it David is, Stern did. It is weird, though. It is weird, though, that, like, like Laker fans, the first time they really embraced him was when Dylan Brooks talked trash on him this year. Like, that was the first time they were like, nah, LeBron's our guy. That's just on Lakers fans, really. Like, it's just on, you know, they've had a long history. They have, you know, a lot of people that they can be fans of, that they can call their own, that they can, you know, put posters up. And if they have, you know, levels for that, if they have... Um, you know, entry points to that, then that's fine. LeBron maybe just just hit it this year, but that's that's to them. To the rest of the country, he's been a Laker. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's hard because it was such a Kobe town, and during peak Kobe, post Shaq Kobe, he was the best player. And they, though they never matched up against each other, there's some form of rivalry there, and yeah. it feels like cheating on Kobe to cheer for LeBron. It just does. It feels kind of icky, you know? It's like I, get, I mean, look, I, even for people in Miami, um, it was tough for them to cheer for LeBron when he left for Cleveland because, yeah, obviously he did the town a huge favor, won a couple of championships, made them into a basketball town, but it still felt kind of weird. After a few years, after some time, you're just like, all right, why would I not appreciate that? Like, why am I so tied to the Miami Heat laundry if, you know, LeBron James is doing that? I can appreciate that. And I think if you are a Los Angeles Lakers fan, like, what's the alternative just to kind of sit back and not enjoy what you're watching? Just embrace it. Just the, like the guy playing on your it's team, really, he might it. be the greatest player of all time. Right. And then if you look at, you know, in Laker history, uh, you know, Shaq wasn't homegrown. Uh, Kareem wasn't homegrown. No. Uh, Wilt wasn't homegrown. And so there is, in fact, a history there of getting somebody else's best player and then right. winning a title and putting their putting their number up up into the rafters. Uh, Victor Webinyama. We've seen him once. We'll see him tonight. Um, this is going to be really interesting because he has gone to the perfect place, right? Like LeBron went to the perfect place because he's from there. Yep. You know, um, this guy's gone to the perfect place because you have a, a coach who's coached foreign players to incredible success a coach who has kind of complete control of the organization right they're not running him off mm -hmm. anytime soon um, they've always been into whether it's resting players or developing players there's no expectations and I mean like look he wasn't particularly good the other night he'll have plenty of nights like that but the best place to have that is San Antonio where we only watch games in the highlights. Yeah, and I, I do think he'll drift into the background a little bit and we'll only show those highlights when he has a huge game. I think it's a good place, but I think regardless, um, I think we need to just pull back a little bit and recognize that this whole label of being like the greatest prospect of all of sports, it's over the top. It's ridiculously over the top. Okay, so okay. where, look, you, you, I work there. Mm -hmm. You work there now. Here's my hypothesis. Okay, here's my hypothesis. I don't blame ESPN, but I do blame ESPN. And I, I don't blame because there's just no buzz about the draft anymore. Nobody knows who any of these guys are. Right. You know, because you have several playing G League Ignite, nobody watches that. You have guys playing Overtime Elite, nobody, you know, mainstream. Yeah. They don't watch that. You have some foreign players, nobody watches that. So what used to be a huge buzz and a huge night is now, eh. And so... You're almost hypersensitized to give much more bolder, hotter takes. Sure. And he is seven three and a half, right? Right. But he's like, there's nothing bigger than LeBron. Here's the part that that just bothers me about it is it's not just based on 
what he's done. It's just based on his size and what he can do. Like when LeBron was this prospect that we had on national TV as a 16-year-old, he was you know, dominating in high school, and he looked like a guy that you said, okay, you can put him in the NBA. With, with Wembenyama, it still felt like, wow, super potential, but needs to get way stronger, and we can't make comparisons to Kevin Durant just because he's tall. Yeah. Like, he's got to make he's shots. Yeah, he's got to have he's, handles. He's tall, skinny, and black, and you're like, okay, well, he's Kevin Durant. Like, eh, no, no. No, and so, like, you see the clip no. of him in an empty gym missing those shots, and you're just like, all right, let's, let's get, let's refine these skills. Yes. Let's let him evolve to the player that he's going to be because he is nowhere near that right now. Well, I'll also point out that I don't think people understand. I know Luka didn't go number one overall. Luca was 19. He was the best player in Europe. He won a European championship. Yep. And he hit the game-winning shot to win the European championship. He was, at least internationally, way, way more well-regarded than Victor Webinyama. Victor Webinyama is the, oh my God, he's seven foot three and a mm-hmm. half. He, you know, he looks like an X-Man, right? So <laughs> he's got to be a, a, a great basketball player. Um, all right, here's, here's the last one. You have, like, a James Harden um, who... An immensely talented guy. Yeah. But, like, look, he has a rep of kind of like an unlikable superstar. Not as a person. That's the weird thing, right? No. Just as a player. Like, uh, when he was with Houston, he was great. But, man, I just hate the way he plays. Um, what does some of these guys' legacies where they're, they're made a ton of money, they have a ton of respect as players. Kyrie's another guy who people just struggle to like personally, mm-hmm. what do you think th- they look like five, ten years from now? Uh, it's tough, because I already think there's been a, a drop-off with James. Like, look at the, the Houston footage and look at him in Philly. It's just a little slower and just not, not as explosive um, getting to the rim. And so I think it becomes a self-awareness thing at some point. And I think opting into this deal was maybe a bit of self-awareness because he realized he wasn't going to get more than that over long term. And I think he is essentially settling in probably now into what he really has to be going forward because I think last year, last playoffs was kind of an eye-opener for him. Like, yeah, he can have a 40-point game in in an important round of the playoffs and maybe even two of them, but he can't do that consistently and he can't be what Joel needs that much that regularly and so I think he's going to probably one more year at this big money and then just sort of settle in to where he can be you know let's say the third guy the fourth guy whatever it takes uh, whether it be next to KD in Phoenix or something like that I think he will eventually have that level of self-awareness and be you know just the setup guy who doesn't try to do too much um I think the NBA con is great. I, I like the cup idea. I'm not sure I like the timing of it, right? Coinciding with playoff foot, playoff college football and and the, the late season in the NFL. But I, I like the idea of it. I think the big question is, like, I'm watching Steph play in the playoffs. And I look down, he's 35. Yeah. LeBron, all right, so we got probably two years, right? Going to play a year with Bronny. So that that's his deal. So they both probably have two or three years left and people want to make the ratings about a lot of things it's not about it's really about LeBron and Steph one they got time zone issues playing in the Pacific time zone mm-hmm. and two when they're not playing there's just a drop off so you have these two factors or three factors going in one you have aging superstars you don't have anybody that has an American born player that's that level of likability and then the best players in your league a lot of them are foreign-born, which it, it doesn't make you like. So you're saying for the intrigue for the for the NBA playoff tournament or just in general or NBA just, in-game turn, in-season just, tournament? Just the NBA in general, hmm. right? Like, look at the ratings this year. 
Okay, Jokic was an incredible player. And granted, some of it's that he's in Denver and they haven't won anything. But Jokic can win three or four titles. I, I don't necessarily know if it's going to move the meter with mainstream America, whereas Steph in it, yeah. LeBron in it, it's a whole different vibe. And we're like two years away from neither of them being in this game. Yeah, I, I, I do think, though, that there are the next wave. And I think people are paying close enough attention. Like, I think it really it really hurts to have Zion not around as yes. often. It really hurts to have John Moran in this situation because those two really sort of filled uh, a gap, if you will. Um, I personally think that this particular draft class, because it's not just about Victor, I think the Thompsons are spectacular. I think Scoot's going to be really good. I think Brandon Miller's going to be solid. I think it's going to be a really good draft class um, with probably three or four franchise-type players coming out of it. Um, um, and, and, you know, two of them, the Thompson Twins being American-born, I think there's a lot there. I think the league um, still has a lot. And I think when LeBron, I think all eyes are on LeBron because you're trying to bring in a little bit more of the casuals, a little bit more of the, you know, the non-necessarily NBA fans, especially at this point of his career with the nostalgia and everything else. But I just think there's a lot there. I think Victor Wembanyama is going to bring a lot of attention. And, and, you know, this in-season tournament where, you know, I was critical of, of the play-in. And then eventually, even though it might not be exactly what, you know, it might not solve tanking forever. It was just good for business. Like, it was set up for some few games the end, and the play-in well, were well, the good. end of the regular season is interesting to yeah. get in or jockey for position. Yeah, and I think the and same thing the games on the have been, been, yeah. Yeah, if you, you set up, you know, a, a, a semi-final in Vegas where, you know, a guy on a minimum might be getting an extra 500K, like, that, that brings a little juice to the game and if there's a little juice with the players, you're going to see it on the floor and the fans are going to appreciate it. So, I think, you know, timing of it, like, yeah, you're competing against everything else, but you were competing against that stuff with regular regular season game so why not prop them up a little bit make that makes it that makes a whole whole lot of sense um uh last thing you've gotten to do like you get to cover this thing forever <laughs> who's the best dude like just like that's a really good that's dude. a hell of a question who's a really good dude Oof. um i mean my the most experiences i've had like Dwayne wade is always going to be my guy like from day one uh till you know even after he retired and did even more impactful things uh he's genuine he's super nice great guy uh shane battier is one of the most you know straightforward nice guys in the league and i mean i've been a ray allen fan as his, you know when we used to have the all interview teams anybody else know about the all interview teams back then uh, i used to have all interview teams and uh he was always my vote and so when I mean, he was in milwaukee so yeah i'd say those three and yeah, they all played for the Heat. How about that? Yeah, they, they, they did all play for it. Izzy Gutierrez, of course, you see him on ESPN. Man, you're great, man. I appreciate Thank you, Thank you, I appreciate that. All right, my thanks to Israel Gutierrez. That was awesome. He's a great, great dude. I've known him for a long time. And the honesty with which he shares his information and his his passion for it is, is unmatched. Loved having Israel Gutierrez with me. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily. 3 to 5 Eastern Time. And of course, we have the In the Bonus podcast, which is the third hour. And that one, no holds barred. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. How do you play? How do you work when you're not at your best? Coach Cal and I will share some wisdom from our time coaching, and we'll apply that wisdom to your off-court challenges. you got to win every day. Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. 